Hello, Kendra. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I am so awesome. It's so funny. You and I were chatting before the podcast and I'm like, we're hitting record just because I think we've got so many similarities. So we're both women in a male dominated industry. We both have four children. The only thing I'm not is a grandma, which I hope I look like you when I'm a grandma. But anyway, <laughs> you know what? Total rock star. Love the industry. Love everything about you, your story. I cannot wait to share this. I've been super excited. I know we had some technical difficulties, which we are all past. Yes. I love modern technology, <laughs> right? So Computers have, need updates, apparently. Well, I've, I've learned. No. Need, <laughs> computers need updates. Yeah. 150%. <laughs> and I am not the person to do it. I mean, I think I'm pretty tech savvy, but I, we were chatting about that saying, we'll just leave it to, you know, the others and, and the ones that are uh, experienced in that. So Kendra, you are, to me, such a rock star. I mean, what you do, there's such a cool factor to it. For those of our listeners and our audience who don't know who you are, can you tell us a little bit about you and what you've done in your professional life? Yeah, well, my, um, I'm an air traffic controller and I've been an air traffic controller for 24 years now. And for most people, like, and I, I speak all across our country and often, you know, around the world sometimes about different things including air traffic control and most people think air traffic control is the wands so just to clarify i'm not out on the runway with the wands <laughs> and and you wouldn't believe like honestly you would not believe how many people think that um which is See, okay I, that never came to my mind i think i think you're the one that's going to if two planes are driving like this you're gonna sort of make that crash not happen i think you are sort of like the brains you know, on ground, unless I'm completely not correct either. So that's why explain exactly what you do. Yeah. Well, so there are air traffic controllers who work in towers, you know, and, and most people know what a tower is on the, you know, at the airports. Mm. I don't work in a tower. I work in a center in a room with no windows, kind of like the room I'm in right now, which is why we have the lighting, <laughs> um, a room with no windows and we have radar screens and the building that I work, we actually work 5.5 million square miles of airspace out of our building. And it's divided into different sectors. So I work one of the sectors, which is called Edmonton Terminal. So I work a terminal and uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, so I do air traffic control is my day job, sort of also shift work. <laughs> and um, I'm the CEO of Elevate Aviation, which is an organization to get more women and underrepresented people into aviation. But we actually work with everyone. We actually have an all-male class in there right now. And our I first all male class. And uh and I just made um I just made my first movie, which I'm super excited about. It comes out what? January twentieth on Super Channel and I am now a director. <laughs> I can't yep. say it right yet, I'm not used to it, so I'm a director. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get you a chair. Yeah. I have one. My my team, my you Elevate team, it. bought me a director's chair for my birthday last year. So I have this director's oh, chair out there, sitting I, in it once in a while. Just... <laughs> I love you sitting and going, "Look at me!" So wow, it kind of sounds like this. I don't know if you've always dreamt about doing this, but first of all, congratulations on the movie, which we are going to go back to in a minute. But I don't even know how you got to that. 
but how did you get to, have you always had a passion for aviation? Has that always sort of been your thing? How did you get into this? No, I didn't know anything about aviation. In fact, I was thinking the other day, I believe I was 24 years old before I was ever on an airplane. Now, you know, my kids have been on airplanes a lot and my grandkids have been on airplanes already and they're, you know, young. So, um, but I, I think it was 24 before I was actually on an airplane. Um, so no, I had just met someone who introduced me to the world of air traffic control and I had no idea what it was, but I do remember, uh, I was in Moncton, New Brunswick and I walked into the air traffic control center and these two big doors opened. And I remember walking into these doors and I saw these, these guys all, sitting around in this kind of big semicircle all looking at radar screens all looking i didn't know what they were doing but they looked very important and i yeah. heard this chatter and i didn't know what they were saying but it sounded very important yeah. <laughs> and um i just walked in and went this is what i want to do it just oh. totally it was one of those moments where it just hit you and i just went this is what i want to do i don't i don't even know what it is but this is what i want to do and then i i just took me a long time. I pursued it and eventually, eventually became an air traffic controller. I love that. And so you really listened to your inner voice versus the outside influences where maybe there wasn't a lot of females. Were there a lot of females in the industry when you entered it? No, um, I listened to my good inner voice because I have a bad inner voice that I call Pillsbury Dough Bitch. I don't know if I can say that on here. Oh, you can say whatever. Okay. Um, Okay. I love that. Yes, you're right. There is the good, yeah. bad, the indifferent, but you listen to the good one. Listen to the good one. Yeah. And um, when I qualified now, I don't know about as a whole, but when I qualified in my building, uh, we tried to figure it out a few different times, but I think it was the ninth female in our building and there was about 250 people wow. in our building. Um, so there definitely was not a lot of women, uh, right now, air traffic control in Canada is sitting at 17%, which is quite high for the women in other male dominated areas, like, like, you know, pilots are typically five to 6% commercial pilots and aircraft maintenance engineers are like one to 3%. So 17% is still quite high, but it's been 17% for quite a while now. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're trying to, we're trying to move the numbers, trying to move the numbers because oh. it's an amazing career. It's an amazing industry. Oh, I can, I can only imagine, you know, the cool factor to it. And, you know, sort of like my industry, people think, oh, private investigator, do tell, do tell. And, you know, even when I first got into it, I always tell this story that uh, my hubby and I used to get invited to all these amazing events and parties and whatever. And I'm like, oh, look at us, you know, we're sitting here, you know, getting all these invitations. They didn't want to see us. I mean, they probably did. A lot of them are very nice, but they wanted to hear the stories, which I'm sure is the same with you, which is why you have directed a movie, which we're going to get to now. But do you find that people are very intrigued in what you do? Yeah. You know, the, the funny thing about air traffic control is you can go I, I feel like you can go anywhere in any room with anybody and you can say you're an air traffic controller and there's, there's great pride in that, in the work that we do as air traffic right. controllers. And, um, it does evoke a lot of conversation. So sometimes, you know, I know like talking to people I work with, sometimes people won't say what they do depending on the mood they're in because 
people always ask questions. And so now you're, you know, you're, you're in a conversation. And if you're, if you're just out for a night, you want to have some fun, you don't really want to talk about work. You know, well, you don't that was, it, but. Yeah, well, that was our thing where it's kind of like, oh, you know, we just, this is, you know, we get out, you know, with four kids, we get out, you know, once every year. No, I'm kidding. But you get out so uh, uh, infrequently that when you're actually out, you really don't want to talk about work. Although, you know, I kind of flip that and say, because I'm all about clearly what I do now, I'm all about storytelling and people are very interested, like they want to learn. So I look at it that way, where it's like whatever I've learned, you know, through my experiences, you're happy to share. But like to your point and to your colleagues uh, point, sometimes it's just, yeah, you just don't want to. And I think that that's, you know, sort of something called healthy boundaries, right? Yeah, exactly. That, yeah. So that's great that they can yeah. do that. So now you are. Oh, wait, wait, I have to tell you, I have to tell you something before we move off that. The other day I got a new car and the guy that works at the car dealer, I was going to say car station, <laughs> the car dealer yeah. Yeah. drove the floor mats to, um, my work just, just the way it ended up. I forgot the floor mats. And, and so he had to come and bring the floor mats in. And, uh, so as we're outside, cause there's a fence, there's like a security fence. So I met him outside the security fence and he's what's inside this building. So I'm telling him, uh, he texted me a couple weeks later Aww. and now wants to be an air traffic controller. So, uh, anyway, just, it's just, it's really interesting when you talk about your career too, so many, it opens the door and the possibilities for other people to go, Oh, what's that? Maybe I want to, maybe I want to do that. So anyway, no, another good. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that story. And because you really don't know, even this podcast, you, you know, your film, you don't know whose life you're going to change or you're going to touch who really needed that hope, who needed the inspiration, who needed to hear, Hey, if she could do it, I can do it too. Right. Yeah. And that to me is what I am unbreakable. The podcast and the magazine is all about is giving that elevation, the impact and the empowerment to others. So that is awesome that now he wants to be, you know, you know, you've got, you're kind of mentoring him and it happened in a way for him. And I bet you, he will never forget this story saying I worked at this car dealership and then I went, to, you know, that will be his story one day. And I love that. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. Me too. That is awesome. Yeah. Tell me about your movie. Okay. So, well, I have to tell you how it happened. Um, yeah, so, that's right. Like, tell me start to finish because I... Okay. So with Elevate, we... So Elevate Aviation is a nonprofit organization that gets women and underrepresented people into aviation. And not just women and underrepresented. Like, we have a learning center and we have our first all-male class there at the learning center um, in the maintenance class. Uh, so we have, we do a, a vast range of things in here. But as Elevate has been growing, we do research projects. And one of our research projects was to determine a three-year plan to determine why women aren't entering the aviation field. And mm. in that research, we came up with a bunch of answers and, and things that you can do. And some of them were like put flyers up at schools and put, you know, like different things all the way up to make a documentary and a movie. And I thought, ah, I was going to never do that. Like we'll just throw it in because there were the recommendations that we found. And so we threw those in. Um, but then I couldn't stop thinking about the documentary and it was just, mm -hmm. I was like, Hmm, Hmm, a documentary. So I asked a friend of mine 
how do you make a documentary? And he said, Kendra, it's really hard. He said, you have to, you know, write some of the movie out. You have to film some of the movie. You have to put some clips together. You have to go to film festivals, find a broadcaster. You can't get a broadcaster without funding. You can't get a funding without a broadcaster. It's really hard, vicious circle. And they only give to who they know, like, and trust. And I was like, you're trying to burst my bubble. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so the next day, the very next day, I get on the airplane. I'm flying from Edmonton to Toronto, which is like a three and a half, four hour flight. And I'm sitting on the window seat and um this big this big man kind of sits in the middle and i say to him do you want trade seats and he's like no 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 no." and then and then it's you know we're sitting there a while later we still haven't taken off and i'm like serious would you like to trade seats i said i don't mind i don't mind like squishing in the middle it's a long flight and he's all thank you so he takes the window seat and i get settled in the middle seat between these two men um start talking to him amazing man he was awesome and then I start talking to the man that was on the outside. And with Air Canada, they have the Million Mile Club. This man was almost part of the Two Million Mile Club. And he never sits outside of business class. But for some reason, the plane was full and he did not get business class. So he's sitting right behind business class in the economy, now right beside me. And we get talking. And for some reason, I'm telling him about this dream I have to make a documentary. Well, lo and behold, he's the CEO of the Super Channel, and he's a so he gives me a broadcast license and funding by the time we land. And I call my friend, and I'm like, "You said it was hard. <laughs> what?" <laughs> so I didn't even know what he. I didn't even know what a broadcast license was. I didn't, you know. And I go and I sit with him later when we're both back in Edmonton. I'm I'm in front of him, and I'm like, "So now what do I do?" <laughs> like, and he's like, "You know, help me kind of get going. Help me figure out." Um, basically what my next steps would be to create this I movie love, and yeah I love that story but I'm gonna even bring it back forget about because I don't believe in coincidence I don't believe that you know things just magically happen I mean I do love unicorns and rainbows and all that stuff but you know I just wrote something on LinkedIn about you know women helping while well, it's women helping other women and expecting nothing in return and it just goes back to that whole premise of kindness, expecting nothing. Like you'd never had to give up your seat. And most people would be like, oh, I'm so annoyed. But you actually went through such like, to me, something that normal people, I, I wanna say normal people, but in, a, in the world that we live in, you would not normally see that because I know I've traveled and I've traveled with kids. My kids have been separated and people will like be like, yeah, I'm not giving up my seat. I'm like, but my seven year old's by himself. Well, too bad I paid for the seat where you're like, let me just give you the seat because I know it's uncomfortable. So you know what? Thanks. You and (laughs) but you never I'm sure you never expected a documentary license. I'm sure you never expected anything in return you just were that kind person so your friend was actually right that it was really difficult to get and i know that because that's the industry i come from but obviously this person saw something in you which everybody that meets you sees in you that you're an amazing soul very trustworthy and your intentions are true so kudos to you that is that is part of your story that is so amazing. I love that. And so wh- how long ago did that happen? I know we're pressed for time. I could talk to you for hours okay. and hours. Okay. And I know that we're going to have another interview for sure. But when did you start the documentary? Have you finished? When is it coming out? 
Okay, short story. Uh, the, uh, that airplane ride happened around 2000, I'm going to say 2019 because we were writing it and then COVID happened, 2020, when we were sort of getting ready to film. COVID happened and of course, you know what yeah, happened in the aviation happened, industry yeah. during that. So then in 2022, I started to film and uh, I was in, I went on vacation. I came back February 1st from February 1st till the end of September, except for a little bit in July and August, mm-hmm. I was working as an air traffic controller and every single set of days off me and my crew would film and we travel, we'd either stay local or travel uh, on every set of days off during that 2022. And then 2023 we edited and now it's airing on super channel on January 20th. And we're having a premiere in Edmonton on uh, January 11th. And I love that. Well, if I'm yeah. in Edmonton, I'm going to come yes. and, so, and I'll make sure I include all of this in the description. And I've just got to say one thing, you are only the second female that I've met in the aviation world. So one oh, really? of my right-hand uh, guys in the private investigation agency, his wife works very closely with the snowbirds. And it was so funny because I text her. I'm like, I am interviewing super cool Kendra. Do you know her? And then I don't know. I think she looked on your LinkedIn or I sent her a photo. She's like, oh my goodness, she's actually sitting with a very good friend of mine. So I don't know who it is. I'm sure she told me I'll have to like message you afterwards. But yeah. You know, I find that so incredibly interesting because I love her to pieces. She's a very, very strong woman. And same with you, where did you know, like, so for myself, going into a male-dominated industry, I wasn't like, well, this is a male-dominated industry. I want to be there. I was like you, where it was like, this is what I want to do. This is so cool. I'm going to do what I love and love what I do. It wasn't till years in, and maybe it's me being, you know, I don't want to say ignorant, but my ignorance, I never look at other people. I just look at what I, what is sort of in front of me and what I love. And then I sort of started getting um, acknowledgements and awards for being the first female in North America to have a private investigation uh, and security license. And my thing was, why? Wow. Why? So my question to you is the same, like, why do you think women haven't sort of broken that barrier into your industry? Is there a reason? Like, just educate us. Well, you have to watch the documentary to find out because that's the question I asked. No. <laughs> Ooh, well, I am going to watch that yeah. documentary and promote the gajibas out of it. <laughs> I want to know that because yeah. I'm sure it's a very long answer, but what, like, yeah. tell me, can, is there a short answer you can sort yeah. of share? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to see it, be it. You know, you have to see yourself in there to to imagine that being you. Like um, one of the people, not in my documentary right now, but someone that we just showcased with Elevate, her name's Zoe. And Zoe became the first, the first black female woman, a female woman, <laughs> uh, the, the first black woman pilot ever hired by air canada i saw in, that I actually, in 2022 i saw that i don't know i think it was actually on your linkedin or it could have been somewhere else yeah. i actually did see that yeah and now like zoe. like zoe like we, we promoted zoe as well and did a video on her and showcased her because we want other people to see her and see themselves so and i think the more we do that and the more we promote women in aviation and in these roles the more other women just look at it and go oh oh i can do that 
you know, one of the best examples I've ever heard was a, um, a snowbird pilot. Uh, she was not a snowbird pilot. She was a pilot in the military and she's at an air show and she, the snowbirds go overhead and she hears this female name be as a name the the pilot. And she says to herself, what women can be snowbird pilots. And like, it just took, it took something to trigger that. And so, so that's what we're really trying to do. Even with this documentary with elevator, the documentary, we're really just trying to bring it to the forefront and say, Hey, look at all these amazing possibilities that mm. you can do if you want. Maybe you don't want to, but if you do, they're open to you and we can help you. And you know what? I think what you just said was so incredible and so key. It's sort of like when you look at different Barbies and I'm not going to go through the Barbie movie, but yeah. you know, Barbie was always just one certain way. And yeah. then as soon as they realize that, you know, there's such a diverse amount of children that want to play with Barbie, but you know, Barbie really is all about role play. And when you're a child, you want to imagine that you could become Barbie or you can be whatever Barbies did. and Barbie did have a plane. She had a camper. She had a Corvette. I remember this because I got it is that I feel that as soon as you, like you said, showcase other women just from a diverse background, I think it's just going to open possibilities for anyone. Yeah, it will. It will. And, and just, just showcasing like air traffic and women in air traffic control or like whatever they are like women in maintenance. Uh, there's different things we do with women in maintenance and you know, you, you see it and, and you never know what that will trigger and someone can look at it and go, Oh, oh yeah. she's doing that. Maybe I can do that. Exactly. Or they forget your floor mats. I love that. That's going to be one of the stories I'm always going to run. I can't wait to watch your movie. And I know we have to wrap up. I have two quick questions for you. Okay. So, I am unbreakable. Mm. What does it mean to you to be unbreakable? What does it mean to me to be unbreakable? Uh, okay. What's the word, I, what, let me rephrase it. Yeah. What does the word unbreakable mean to you? Uh, when you think of that. Harder to put it in one word. You don't have um, to put it in one. You can put it in a paragraph. I'm good with that. Okay. I'm going with the paragraph. And I, I'm going to try to, th I'm thinking this through as I'm saying it out loud. So we'll see how it comes out. Um, okay. But basically for me is. Um... You must have, you must. So our tagline is that struggle is part of the story. Yeah. So you must yeah. have, maybe you didn't. I know for me, I had struggles with the industry, not being able to find, let's say a mentor and having to figure out a lot of things that if I had a mentor, it would have made it a lot easier. And again, easier isn't always better. I'll, I'll tell you that because you know that's where resilience and fearlessness and all the fun things that, that we are mm -hmm. and that we do coming through, you know, any kind of obstacle, that's where it's born. Um, but, you know, the struggle is part of the story. I feel like being unbreakable means that you've gone through difficult times and you've come out resilient. Have you ever encountered anything like that in your industry? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and even before the industry, like I had run away at 13 and lived on the streets for a while before I ended up in a foster care home and then, uh, coming out of the foster care. Are you home, sure? Yeah. <laughs> well, and then it became like a teenage mom and, and, um, not, not a, I was an older teenage mom, 19. Can you say teenage mom at 19? I don't know. But anyway, yeah, of course um, you, but yeah, I, <laughs> okay. I would never have guessed that as your background, 
that to me, so just, I'm going to stop you for 30 seconds. So I'm thinking about my four boys and I know it was a different era, but even thinking back to when I was 13, could, I don't even know if we could survive on the street at 13. So that, okay, go on. Yeah, I think, but I think what happens when you sort of come up that way is there's a, uh, there's no self-esteem and no self-confidence. So when I, when I think about my journey and where I am today and how I feel much more confident today and, um, but, but the unbreakable part for me is, is against myself. Like the, like when I, I alluded to Pillsbury Dough Bitch at the beginning, cause I, I that's it. the name of her in my head that tells me I'm too fat or I'm too ugly or I'm not smart enough or I'm, shall we go on and on and on about what these, you know, uh, oh, that person looked at me funny. I'm never going to wear that shirt again. You know, any of those things in there and, um, just getting past that and, and changing into believing yourself to the, so you can believe in your dreams and start creating and doing and making a life you love like you can be so broken down and hover and, and on your couch and not want to like I've, I've been there too and not want to yeah. leave um and not not caving into your own inner turmoil so I've for me that. the unbreakable is is that it's you not caving into your own inner turmoil maybe i don't know if that's a the that's best way perfect. to put it i have to think no, about it a little bit more you, everything you said i mean i've got goosebumps because i feel like what you have said is so incredible and sort of taking that to the next level is you speak about to me oh i don't have i don't know if you use the word confidence or i don't believe in myself because to me what the book that i'm writing and is coming out this year is called rockstar confidence is about confidence is about believing in yourself and i think that what you built through the struggles was believing in yourself saying i can like look at you now kendra seriously there's no way there's no way you must have had a subconscious belief like i'm gonna be okay i'm gonna do this of course we've always got the other one want 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 you know charlie brown in the back, but you know, you were able to obviously mute it out enough to say, I've got this. I'm a good person. I am love. I am worthy. I am confident. I'm going to, you know, make some mistakes, but I'm still going to move forward because, you know, I always go back to saying stories like yours and many, it would only take one wrong right turn or left turn to have you on the other side of the track. Mm. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I, th I think, uh, there's so much like when you talk about mentorship, like there was there was there was one man who stepped in when uh, I was going to be fired as an air traffic controller. I went through all this training and at the end mm -hmm. of it, the success rate was only seven percent, zero seven, like seven. And um, he long story short, but he stepped in and he made me believe in myself and helped me get to the point where I could qualify. And if that didn't happen, it, you know, there's there's so many of these little stories I can see throughout my life. But if, if that didn't happen. Um, he became my first mentor and I don't know where I'd be today because I wouldn't have had this career that I could, I could look after myself and have to look after myself yeah. and things that came later in my life uh, and my children. And so, um, you know, who knows, but that's incredible. But I think, you know, it goes back to speaking cause I am going to keep bringing it back to you cause you're very humble, but I'm going to keep bringing it back to you and saying, that's probably why, you know, the, the guy with the mats, or why you're doing the documentary, I almost feel like you want to pay it forward mm -hmm. because you've been there and you know 
you know, self-doubt is something every founder, entrepreneur, every, if you're human and you haven't had self-doubt, I don't know which rock you've been living under, but it happens. And your story is so extreme. Like I said, your, your upbringing, and I, I don't know anything about it. Maybe that's a story for another podcast, of course, but I feel like you have faced so much adversity in, in such a young life that that is sort of what built you. And that's, in my humble opinion, what made you unbreakable because you never get, you don't build resilience. You don't build confidence sitting comfy on a couch, eating potato chips. That's sort of my famous saying I've used my kids can't stand when I say it, but my thing is always putting yourself out there. And you did that so many times by the sounds of it. Right. And you did face obstacles. Did you ever feel that gender? And I know we've got to wrap up and I've got one last question, but aside from this one, I've got many, um, (laughs) ever feel that gender held you back from what you wanted to do? Yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to say no to that. No, I don't. I don't like, um, you know, when I, I'm very similar to you when I started, when I, when I walked in that room said, I want to do this. I never thought like looking back, I thought, I think there were all men in that room. Like I don't, didn't think that at the time I just thought, Oh, well, look at these guys are doing. And then I went into oh, air traffic yeah. control and I had my four, my baby turned one while I was training. I had four kids with me while I was training as an air traffic controller. And so I was so busy between training and raising my kids, I didn't really notice anything about gender. And then it wasn't until a little later in my career when I was kind of coming out of a a divorce and a depression and and trying to survive and come out of the mess that that was, um, that that Elevate started and it just all sort of came together and made me open my eyes and realize, where are all the women? (laughs) Yeah, you woke up like 20 years later and went, (laughs) How come I'm the only one in the girls' bathroom? There's nobody to talk to. Hey, where are the where are the and like I say, air traffic control had you know, it's got 17 percent now. Like it's it's got more and um, so. But you anyway, were for your girl pack, and I love that. You know, uh, I'll just share a very quick story before we sign off. Um, I, I remember talking to you know I, I at the time we were very very close. A friend of mine. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. You know, everybody wanted to go to college and university and I wanted my own business, had my first business at 10. And I don't know how we got talking. I'm like, I just kept talking about Oprah, Oprah, Oprah. She was my, to me, she was my mentor. There wasn't a lot, you know, and there was a TV and, you know, she came up to me and she said, "Um, you know, Oprah's black, right? And I went, she is. And she went, you're joking, right? And I'm like, nobody's ever said that to me. So again, it just sort of stuck with me as like, I don't care what people look like, what they do in the bedroom, like gender, like none of that matters. If you're a good human, who cares? Right. But I understand there's a lot of people like yourself, like myself that want to elevate other women to say, here are the possibilities. If you want them, they're here for the taking. I did it. You can do it too. Right. And I think that's your big message. So I, I feel that the fact that you're talking out about it, I thank you so very much. Is there any, I, you know, my, normally my question is, well, what's in store for you next, but you've already shared the movie. Is there anything else that you can, or the documentary, is there anything else that you have sort of up your sleeve that you can share with us? 
I know that's a huge thing. So is there anything else? Not that I would think there is. Well, with, with elevating our learning center, we like, we're working on, a, on having our big, you know, own building. So we're working on that. And yeah. for me personally, I'm working on, um, you know, now that this movie's done, I'm just kind of looking at some other options out there. Uh, we did women in aviation, maybe women in aerospace is next. So um, maybe looking at those things. And I just want to say before we sign off, um, you know, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty successful now. I feel like I'm in a good place in my life, but I just want to say, and I have to say this all the time without the team, without a team around, like I have the most incredible team uh, of people that Laura and Nova and Spy and Dean and I, I could go on and they're, they're just incredible. And I, I definitely wouldn't be where I am today if it wasn't for all of them. So if anyone's trying to, you know, figure out how to get places in life, surround yourself with amazing people and you can go a lot further than you can on your own. Oh, I love that. See, that just goes back again to show what kind of person you are because we're here to celebrate you. And I know you're very humble, but I want to touch on that too, is you're right. I feel like, you, you know, you've got your family, your biological family, your kids, your whatever, yeah. but we spend so many of our waking hours at work and, you know, you took the time to actually acknowledge them, which is massive. I'm the same way. And I feel like you have to surround yourself with people that are going to, yeah. you know, you're going to lift them and they're going to lift you. Yeah. And then get gonna... rid of the ones who don't Go get ahead. rid of them. <laughs> That is a podcast for another time. Boy, could I ever talk to you about those ones. Right. Uh, but, you know, sort of finishing on a positive is the fact that you've got that team that can elevate you. Because don't tell me that there's been times where as a founder, as a woman in a male predominated industry, you haven't sort of felt like oh, everybody's got days. Everybody. Oh, does. yes. Yes. Right. A lot. Yeah. People see the social media and they see the, you know, they see the wins, they see the what's going on, but they, they don't often see the hiding under your blanket. Cause I don't want to get out of bed today. Cause there's just too much to do. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, that's why this podcast is about the struggles. Part of the story is talking about the struggles, which you have shared so many, but you're still where you are. You got through them. I so applaud you. Thank you so much for being on our podcast. And I commend you. I cannot wait to see the documentary. Thank Super you. Super excited, which, as I said, you'll give me all the information. I'll include it below. And hopefully I'll be in Edmonton at the time of your debut. Okay. Thank you so much. And thank you for everything you're doing. This is amazing, an amazing platform to be able to, to hear people's stories. And so keep going. You're doing a great job, too. Thank <laughs> you. So I appreciate you. Big hugs. I will see you soon. Okay. See you. Bye. Bye.